vendredi prochain, il y a une fondation qui va mettre aux enchères un collier. On va le voler. Vous entrez balayeur et vous sortez millionnaire. Bien, faut que je demande un truc, c'est incroyable. Je pense vraiment que notre suspect se prend pour un pas Et puis la méthode, le panache, le style, le talent. Ça va être quoi après D'Artagnan, les trois petits cochons Vous m'avez sous-estimé. Parce que vous m'avez pas regardé. Vous m'avez vu. Mais vous m'avez pas regardé. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Hello, and welcome to TV Concierge, a podcast on TheRinger.com that helps you navigate the vast streaming landscape. I'm Justin Charity, and I'm joined by Micah Peters. We host Sound Only. And uh, in a recent episode of uh, our show, Sound Only, we talked about Lupin, the current number one show on Netflix, a French crime thriller dramedy uh, featuring Omar C. It's very enjoyable. Uh, we had a lively discussion about it, and we hope you enjoy it. Here's that clip from Sound Only. This show dropped on Friday on Netflix, right? Feel like people are watching it. I watched it. You watched it. We liked it. Uh, I thought this show was special. I don't. I don't know. This show has charm. This show is charming. Charming is. Yeah, definitely like the best word for it. This show is a good take on the short stories, on the loop on short stories. It's a good take on the heist genre. You know, it's a good take on procedurals. It feels like the kind of show where it's like on the one hand, I get the idea of it being a sort of Netflix hype release, but it also just feels like a good, solid reliable hang uh and the show is called lupon the main character is called asan and he's Hassan the, yes and his whole deal is that he's obsessed right his whole life he's been obsessed with the short stories about arsene lupon and it's sort of where he learns his craft and his trade and what is his craft and his trade micah uh taking people's stuff you know um he uh there is a uh meet cute between him and his love interest where they are bonding over the book as he's on a hospital bed after he stood up to some you know vaguely rapacious teenagers for her um and you know she's just like they're 
two types of men in this world. There are knights and barbarians and they both like bust my balls equally. And he's just kind of like, I actually figured out that there's a third person. He's like someone who only cares about the things that matters and, no- and nothing else, like a gentleman or whatever. So he fancies himself a gentleman thief. Uh, and yeah, like it, there's something, this show, like every episode, you know, it, it's, it's super, the, you know, for what exists now, it's five episodes, right? And I've watched all the episodes. You've watched all but the last episode. Yeah. Uh, last episode, big, big cliffhanger. And also the last episode ends with this sort of note from Netflix saying, oh, there'll be some more episodes. Don't worry. You know what I mean? I, I, in other words, I can't tell if they mean I got to wait for another season of Lupin or whether maybe in a couple weeks I get to watch some more Lupin. I would prefer the latter. <laughs> yeah. I really would like to watch some more like... Lupin. So the thing is that, I mean, like as a person, you had, like I haven't watched all of the, all of the available episodes, but like, I mean, it would be in keeping with like the wry charm of the show to be like, Oh, you know, episodes coming soon and then not come out for like another four years. No, don't pull that Sherlock shit on me no <laughs> please don't <laughs> please don't wait that long yeah whenever uh, omar c is like next available uh, uh they will they will shoot another batch of episodes kind of like you know bbc limited run series you know it's gonna yeah. be, i feel like it's gonna be one of those days. i mean like i would hope that we get more episodes in a couple weeks but could you can you talk to me a little bit about omar because when i was first texting you about yo i'm gonna watch all this. right you were you were hype. You were ready to yeah. Go. I was hype because like it's okay. Omar Omar C is like if you there was you remember that uh, the press tour where Kevin Hart was just like having a months consecutive months long like public meltdown uh, about old tweets and it was like around the movie where he he was uh, an inmate that was trying to like rehabilitate his image or reintroduce himself into society and Brian by taking care of like Brian Cranston, who is like an, Oh yeah. Yeah. His serious movie. Yeah. 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 I forget what the name they, they called the movie or whatever in English, but the original or actually the original quote unquote, I think the 2011 version of it was actually a remake of a movie that came out earlier, but it is yeah. Omar C and like somebody else. I can't remember the actor's name and it's called Les Antouchables. And like, it's really just Omar C being six, uh, 13. I have no idea how <laughs> tall he actually is yeah. and like overwhelmingly charming. Uh, like, cause he's basically your, funniest cousin but also like you know he used to play d1 ball like that is like his vibe and he's running Um, a lot of game he's just running he's he's running a lot of game but it's just like it's it's hilarious to imagine that he is like because i mean like you think thieves jewel thieves master thieves cat burglars nimble quick small uh, noticeable not 613 yeah. and He's as entirely and, yeah you know like <laughs> sickeningly handsome and you know as charming as he is like but like it's also like that's part of his ability to cast a spell on basically everybody he meets 
Yeah, he he's entirely too tall to be committing all these crimes. He really <laughs> just, every scene he's in, he's just so like, how you gonna get away with looking. this shit? I don't. There's no fucking way. There's just no fucking way. Because we can talk about like the first episode, right? You doing uh in the first episode of Lupin, right? Omar C as Hassan, you know he's lead. He's he's the ringleader of this heist of uh, the Queen's necklace, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And meanwhile, the whole episode, like to give you give you a, a beat on this character, you know, he's got all this charm. He's he's got all this savoir faire about him, but he's also constantly going on about how this this whole, you know, everybody is sort of winking at the fact that this heist is inspired by one of the Lupin stories, right? So he's kind of a nerd in this way, but he. Yeah, he he's just this like very large, strong man who also <laughs> he's acting sp- out childhood fantasies. Yeah, <laughs> like, he has this, he has this whimsy about him, and it's so he spends the episode sort of going back and forth between you know wearing the the janitor uniform right when he's sort of casing out the Louvre. Yeah, and I believe wearing the text that, that NBA you suit. Were, you said <laughs> French niggas wearing tracksuits. Yeah. The album. The album. <laughs> yes. Tatted oh, French dudes wearing tracksuits. The album. And then the other half of the episode where he's sort of fronting and he's he sort of created this, you know, false identity, is this relatively young black billionaire. He's just wearing all these shack suits and, and he's up there with the auction cards, you know? Yeah, like he's wearing uh like he's 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 selecting from Samuel L. Jackson's wardrobe from the Capital One commercials. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, he ultimately it's a, you know, usual suspects type of like, you know, Kaiser Sose turn where like he ends up with the thing in the end. But, you know, it's obviously not as simple as that because there are four more episodes after that. Yeah, totally. Totally. And yeah, a lot of the drama with Lupin is and you've seen this in other shows like this, right, where the tension becomes as much about any particular heist, right? And the sort of complications you have to bake into the plan and the double and triple crosses you have to bake in. That's that's one half of the show. And then the other half of the show is the family drama and the, oh, Asan, he's kind of a fuck up. He's trying to do right by his kid. He's trying to do do right by his ex. You know, he's, he's you know, he's a he's a reformed man, but he's not. He's a crook. Yeah. But we, but we yeah. love him, you know. Um yeah, that's the archetype. And I don't I, there's something about this show that feels very if you compare it and we will in the we will in the next segment we we can talk more specifically about other shows that this show makes me think think of. This show feels super low key in a way that is actually really appreciative of though. Because I really do think you it's know, mostly the, the charming. way that you described uh space dandy like a couple of episodes ago yeah, i can't yeah. remember like as being like a good hang like this yeah. show is a very good hang yeah it's very vibey it's not going to stress you out that's the thing i feel like other heist things or other detective things might lean more on the stress you out the thing is that it is just smart enough to make you to give you like the congratulatory thrill of knowing like what the next thing is going to be but like it's dumb enough to follow very easily Yes. Uh, like, I, I mean, I mean, dumb enough that it's not like 
Sorry, because that was actually kind of redundant. What I mean is that it's dumb enough like that it's not going to actually challenge you beyond like being able to keep up with conversation and the subtitles. Yeah. And like it rewards you with very like just impossible, ridiculous, uh like Soderberghian like twists or whatever. Like in the beginning of like the the of uh episode four, like the sequence where he uses a drone to break into Pellegrini's house. Yeah. You don't really know what's ha- like it's just it's that is a ridiculous sequence. Wait, and it's the, amazing. The, to what like, you were saying though about the playfulness, the drone has these red and blue flashing lights. Yeah. Like how you would design a drone <laughs> if you were in eighth grade. Yeah. You know, and trying to startle it's your just, parents on Christmas. It's obviously a toy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time. It's a good time. It's a good hang. Micah, I don't know why. Like, this works for me. This this works for me in a way. And I'm going to be real with you. Mm-hmm. It, 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 this, is, this is a show that in its low-key, high-spirits way, Lupin, finally marked the end of me even tucking away at the back of my mind and occasionally thinking about like Sherlock or Luther, right? Because this show, this feels like the antidote to those two shows. Did you the watch antidote? The antidote. Yeah, it does. Did you ever watch Sherlock or Luther? I watched both. That's drag British times. people. Oh, 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 multiple. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, I mean, let's like, talk. yeah, it's just like we we will have a separate like you know time to talk about like crime procedurals. That's yeah. my shit. But yeah. like, um, yes, you said antidote though. I want I want to like needle that a little bit. What do you mean? Well, in the sense, and I, I really liked. Uh, I would say with both of those shows, I'd say with Luther, I liked the first two seasons. Sherlock, I liked the first two point five seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but both of those shows, they really because they're a lot more keyed up and a lot more high wire. Those oh, shows feel like they have yeah, higher yeah, yeah, highs, yeah. right? But they right. also feel like they burn so much gasoline in the first part of their run. That you get to season three and it's just there's nothing left in the tank and you're just killing the engine with those shows. Yeah. And I don't know. I just when watching Lupin and sort of realizing how how much of a hang it was as opposed to it being it feeling like it wanted to be this Ocean's Eleven high wire act type situation. Like it manages to be a low key heist show, which feels which feels weird, right? It, in some ways, that another show would would do that, and it would feel like a failure, right? You think, how could you have a show about burglaries, but it feels like the 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 energy is relatively low? And this show makes it work so well, and maybe it's just because I'm thinking of it in contrast with shows like Luther and Sherlock that really tried to be exclamation marks all. Well, the time. no, I mean, like the thing is that like Luther is very concerned with how serious it is like you're dealing with slashers and rapists like every episode and his marriage is falling apart and it's literally always raining and you know (laughs) he his tea is always cold like like luther is a miserable character um and lupon is serious but like not grave it's like stylish but like the style isn't the point like it's 
uh, brooding, but like not overly so. I, it's just like it's it's not too much of any one thing. Well, yeah. If you think of the stuff that Luther, especially by the by the by season three, that that show does with Luther's marriage, that 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 movie goes off. The, I mean that that show goes off the rails in terms. Of it just- is the, the thing is that it is all worth it for Alice Morgan to like you know stroll up to to John's new. Uh, white lady love interest and <laughs> just be like, if you ever betray John again, I'll kill you and eat you. How does yeah. that sound? It's a <laughs> it's a great line of dialogue. <laughs> but you know, that it, it's just you gotta go through some twists to get there. But like I was saying about it being like a very stylish show, is that the first episode is so much fun because it's kind of like turning the I'm getting the crew together thing inside out like you son of a bitch I'm in remember they scared that on Rick and Morty where they were just kind of like you know like I'm putting a I'm putting a team together and it was like some sort of uh memory trigger or like psychological trick that forced whoever it was to then come under their control and say you son of a bitch I'm in <laughs> It's just like a repetition of like the same thing you see in every heist movie. But the first episode of Lupin kind of like turns it inside out. You know, the way that the heist comes together in the first episode is like him going to Lone Shark's apartment and like he owes these people money and it's the muscles by the door. Uh, you know, the grease man is in the back and the guy that's the driver is on the couch playing Need for Speed. Right, like, and these aren't friends. This isn't like, oh, I'm, the team I'm pulling together is my people. They're very much yeah. not his people. Yeah, he's just kind of like, I'm just going to bend this situation. Like, within five minutes of him going into the apartment, he has them on the couch going over slides on the, on the, on the PS4. <laughs> like, it's... But then also the fact that, like, then the heist goes completely wrong, and it's, like, also, like, a comedy like for I mean because like he's just like yo hey, the chloroform the chloroform yes. thing the fact that they could never figure out the like because they have okay he's just kind of like listen you're going to pose as cleaning crew and cleaning crew can bring stuff into the Louvre without being scanned all you have to do is put it in bottles so you could bring cleaning probably could be window solution you can bring pine saw you could bring chloroform. And so they put chloroform in the bottles. And the thing is that they're supposed to sneak in and take out, like, you know, cops, guards, whatever. And it's like they build up to this moment of suspense and everything's all the pieces are moving into place. And then, like, the security guards come in and then they spritz them in the face with the water bottles, which is just like <laughs> not. Yeah, I don't think that's how chloroform that's works. That's just not right? how chloroform works. Yeah. And they keep doing it. Yeah, so they, at first it's like, oh, that's funny. When he does it the second time to the other guard, it's just like, yo, this dude has not figured oh, out man. chloroform as a concept. Okay, oh. I see. Yeah. And then and then on top of that, like they and they go, he's just like, Yeah, we need some uh, for the getaway car, we need something fast and conspicuous. And he went out and somehow found the Ferrari GTR five hundred <laughs> that he was racing with all in Gran Turismo. <laughs> um Yeah, that's the thing. It's so the it's it's 
the the lightheartedness of that high scene though and the fact that omrc just sort of floats through it right like he has yeah. the confidence and you sort of even though these guys that he's conscribed into the plot clearly don't know what the fuck they're doing there is no great montage where it's like oh okay so they're showing how they're gonna pull it off you just sort of have to rely you know what it reminded me of always remind you of no, it reminded me of like uh, the like the dramatization of uh, that was in like I Tanya, like how funny that was, like the because I mean like it's a it's a horrifying story, like the you know the guys breaking Daisy Carrick like with a pipe, but like the way that they <laughs> that they do it in the movie is you're pissing yourself in laughter the entire time, <laughs> and that's what the heist is like. Yeah, and like. I think the whole show, even as the show, I think over time gets weighted down a bit more in sort of the family drama and, you know, you learn about, I, I think the show is really good at cultivating ambiguity about Asan's father, right? Because there's sort of a bunch of misdirection about, well, was you know, his father, Babakar, is the one who gets them, who gets Asan the, um, the, the Lupin books, right? And you're sort of wondering, like, there's this whole thing that's set up about Babacar working in the home of this French billionaire and potentially like the having ease stolen with which he comes into their employ, like, yeah. you know, just kind of like the situations that he he seems to be in an opportune place at an opportune time fairly often. Yeah, and they juxtapose it, right? They juxtapose, you know, through flashbacks, right? They just they juxtapose Assan's father being in the, the home of the French billionaire with, you know, Assan being the janitor at the Louvre, right? So you're supposed to sort of think of that kind of parody of like, why does he work here? And then you find out that the French billionaire, Hugo Pellegrini, and his wife Anne, in their safe, had the the queen's necklace that is is later on the subject of this auction and that the the necklace is stolen from the Pellegrini household basically and Babacar is the person under suspicion for stealing it and they do a lot of shifting of like okay well maybe Babacar is this thief and his influence is passed down to his son and then they shift it to hold on a second maybe the wife and then the blame, you know, then it shifts to Hugo Pellegrini, sort of the, the man of the house. And I think the way they shift that, that kind of that, that suspicion around does sort of, I don't know, even that feels playful in a way, right? It feels like even though on paper, right, the dad's story is that he is, he's framed for a crime he didn't commit and then he kills himself in jail. Right? That's sort of how mm -hmm. it's set up. Mm -hmm. And yet there's something about, even even the little mystery of what well, did his father d do it was his father a thief like what's the deal with the Lupin book all of that just feels kind of I don't know there's like a really subtle mischief to it you know it just feels like the the target is constantly shifting with the show in a way that like you said it it never really it feels serious but it doesn't feel self serious right because at the end of the first episode there's that voiceover where he's just kind of like this book is, you know, my inspiration, also my method. I am Lupin. But over the course of the season of television, like the overarching thematical question is like, who is 
he really is he Lupin? Is he Asan? Who is who is Asan? Is he a father? Is he a thief? Is he blah 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 blah? You know, it's kind of like all of the Lupin stories more or less sit around that intrigue of like who he is. That's I think that that's what the that sort of subtle mischief that you feel. Yo, and then how do you feel about how cheeky the show is? The show really sort of rubs in the viewer's face that it knows that these novels exist. It's not like the show. It's not like BBC Sherlock, right? BBC Sherlock, you are watching Sherlock Holmes, the detective Sherlock Holmes, but it just so happens that Sherlock Holmes actually lives in modern times, right? Whereas in, in Lupin, in this show, the source material itself exists. And mm-hmm. the show is constantly winking at you about the fact that the source material for well, the yeah, show I mean, exists. like, I think that it kind of limits what, like, you know, how I think it kind of limits how good, quote unquote, the show can be. But, like, I mean, I'm absolutely fine with it for its extreme six out of tenness. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more of that conversation, you can go to the Sound Only podcast feed. More TV concierge later this week.